Hello guys, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. How are you? Uh, pretty good. I just had to, uh, I don't know if you, you followed the fuddies mint. Uh, <laughs> not actively. What's up? <laughs> that shit was a complete mess. It was really funny. Uh, this I heard. I, I, everything, um, the marketplace was sort of not doing too hot, right? Yeah. Okay, the marketplace was an hour late and then... And then you know how they have like OG and they have whitelist. They put I saw the, screenshots. Yeah. yeah, they put all of the whitelist addresses into the whitelist and OG part of the of the like magic of the marketplace. So OGs couldn't mint, but whitelist could mint three times instead of once. Solid. <laughs> then they did it mint out. Um, I I don't know the like public started at like five minutes ago. Um, I have three. Because I had whitelist for two, and then I grabbed a third one on on public. I don't know what I'm doing, honestly. Solid, yeah. solid, yeah. That's a that's a proper investment right there. Good stuff. A, a bit a bit degen on this uh, on this current day. I put money into shit coins as well today, which is I saw, I saw. Yeah, you're it worked. on a roll here. It worked. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Thank you, thank you very much. How are your uh, significantly more passive and safe investments doing? Oh, boring. <laughs> Just good. <laughs> I'm, I, but I, look, I enjoy all the all the cool, you know, names like guacamole and, and salsa. I think and Pepe coin. Uh, seems like everyone's having a ton of fun. So happy, happy to see it all, but not participating. That's fine. I mean, it's. I admire the capacity of seeing everything happen and just not giving a fuck, basically. Because it's hard to do. Well, <laughs> but 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 it's just when when I uh, I, I got a DM today uh, from someone launching another shitcoin. Oh no! And um, yeah, and and uh, it it's just it's just hard for me to be excited um, because the utility is essentially that that it goes up and then it goes down. Yeah, if it right? even does. Yeah. <clears throat> um. I don't know. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. But I'm super stoked to see everyone doing it and doing technical analysis on, well, coins. Um, two day um, coins. Yeah. So <clears throat> so very stoked for everyone, but it's just not my thing. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's not my thing. But look, it's you know people are happy. There's good energy on the timeline. Um, <clears throat> so overall, you know, good stuff. Overall, a, a good day for sure. It's interesting. I mean, they had it all on ETH with the whole Pepe thing, and now it comes here. I doubt it lasts as long here as it did on ETH. But it's... And, I don't know. Uh, Bonk is still... That's true. Still up from where it started, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, is it? Is it? Would it be naive to say that Bonk is different? I feel like Bonk had more, more reasoning behind it. And yeah, totally. a bit more support, right? And and I think the team released stuff, and I don't that's think true. that's the intention of any of the other crap. Yeah, and people also worked with Bonk to like make it to use it and everything. Like Guac is just going to sit there and be like, "Oh, did it go up? Did it go down? When did you buy?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw one tweet today. Um, I think the guy who makes the funny investigative short videos. I think he tweeted. 
that this buy will either be his retirement or the person selling it to him, which is objectively <laughs> hilarious. Like that's a... <laughs> <laughs> he makes a good point. Yeah, he makes uh, a very good point. But it's it's um. So, but you bought something today. How? What's the process like? So you just you just buy for 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 fun and then hope it goes up. Um. So whole story is I don't know. You missed out on all of the all the Pepe and everything, which I didn't really care about. And then mm-hmm. Gumshoe, I think Alex Gumshoe, tweeted something about I'm sick and tired of being a boomer. I'm going to buy Guac. Mm-hmm. And I had already heard about Guac the day before, so I was like, you know what? Fuck oh, it. Shit. It's yeah. the candle is red right now. I'm gonna take it during this red. And then it I bought it at like to the power of ten ten to the power of minus seven, zero point one. Right. And it went all the way to zero point two to the power of ten minus so basically two point five X. Sold initial there and a tiny bit higher I sold it back. And yeah, I don't know. The, I went in on it saying I'll take the moment of two X's, I take out what I put in mm. and then and then sit on whatever else I have. And yeah, then you just kind of fuck around and have fun with it. But it's very impressive. It's also, I, I don't like doing this. I don't do this usually because, but, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it's the thing where you're, I'm working on fluid mechanics and and I mm-hmm. randomly see the tweet. I'm like, fuck it, I'll buy. And then it's like every five minutes, you're just looking up at the chart and you're like, is, <laughs> is the candle green? Is the candle green? <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds very stressful. Yeah. But I, funniest part was at all-time high, there was a 43K sale. And the red candle that spawned on my screen was absolutely ginormous. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. It was quite well, funny. I, I saw people tweeting screenshots of it. Yeah, massive red candle. Candles. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so so yeah, what, I mean, boring investments. But what are you? Mm. What are you up to at the moment? Because everyone's talking about shit coins. What are you sneaking in as people will rotate back into that? I, I just do. Um, <clears throat> I'm having a lot of fun with my AMM pools, to be honest. So I think what happens is. The people who trade shit coins, most of them lose their money, which is fine, right? But then the few people who win <clears throat> will gamble it away on expensive JPEGs. So, you know, the, the original ones, so SMBs, degenerate apes, and more boring JPEGs, um, they eventually get all the, get, you know, that's where people spend their gains. So that's where I am AMMing. And it's boring and it's lovely. You AMM on specific collections, right? Because impermanent loss and all that? Yeah, although <clears throat> I'm eating some impermanent loss right now because I didn't invest enough in Tensor. Uh, so I'm farming points and I'm just paying the impermanent loss as a, you know, yeah, it's part of the I'm, price I pay to get to get the to get the allocation that I want. <laughs> for uh, sure. But yeah, you know, but I prefer AMMing in more boring collections where there's typically not a lot of other people doing the same thing. And um, you know, it, the trick is, of course, to only provide on liquidity in pools where you don't mind owning the JPEG, and and there's not that many of them to go. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, 
it's also the ones that are more or less volatile, right? That'll be a bit more stressful because you do fairly actively manage them, right? Yeah, I think I think I check it about you know uh, six times per hour. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're calling the shitcoin stressful. Um. Yeah, although this isn't stressful. This is just you know, is everything still okay? Yeah, everything is still okay. Okay, fair enough. And so, so about Tensor, because um, hmm. like it's similar to Blur in the sense, like what you're mentioning on the impermanent loss. If you look at Blur on ETH, I don't know how. Do you look at ETH that much at all? No, no never. Oh, okay. So Blur did the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. But before Tensor, um, and so, but the way did they did it was that the the majority of points came from bidding. So a bunch of whales put a fuckload of bids really uh. close to floors and would just eat any dip. And then sell it back and take right. losses, which is why a bunch of people got mad at Blur for, I mean, the yeah, same that, way people will get mad at AMMs here, right? Yeah, that's very cute. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think I think the, the just doing uh, bits only is unwise, uh, but two-sided liquidity providing, you know. Yeah, there were listings as well. But uh, the majority of points have come from biddings. Like, that's where the most of the volume on Blur has come from, essentially. Well, that makes sense. You know what a what a yeah. massive improve life improvement it is that there is a bit price at all. It's so much nicer, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's because really back in the day, what you would do is you would list, you know, five percent below floor to sell quickly, but yeah. then other people would do the same thing, creating a very weird dynamic. And now you can just yeah, sell almost. into a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's super nice. And I then, agree. Yeah, it's just it's such a big advantage, and then. A lot of people. That's interesting. I haven't. I haven't really necessarily seen you speak on this. People have looked at AMMs and they're like, "Oh, there's a massive pool of NFTs." Yeah. And the biggest, like, biggest one I've heard of is DAA, right? DJ Apes. Where mm -hmm. they're like, "Oh, there's a huge pool of DJ Apes on Hades Swap. It's completely fucked our floor." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so not silly. completely true, right? No, I think I think <clears throat> it's a little complicated, right? But what I think people you know, don't properly appreciate is when there is a pool, you might interpret that pool as if there are dozens of NFTs listed at a particular price. <clears throat> By the way, just like you would see it back in the old days, but fine. Anyway, now you have this pool, but with every buy, the price goes up a little bit. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, 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 you know, there isn't a, a sell wall right there is a there's just a bunch of nfts and with every buy the price moves up a bit and with every sell the price moves down a bit that's just how those things work and of course it's um it's hilarious to blame the amms for um, thicker floors or god knows how they how they call it but i think in general markets benefit from extra liquidity right yeah and I think the argument has mostly devolved into, oh, it's psychological. People see a thicker floor, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's 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 fair because most <clears throat> people don't understand how an AMM works, anyways. But yeah, yeah, no, okay, sure. <laughs> but I, I think I think um, so. What was a big problem before AMMs was getting out of a position especially if you had quite a bunch of jpegs right so selling one or two was easy 
but if you had 30, um, and typically there were like 200 listed or something, then then selling was just really hard. So how people typically do did it was indeed just listing them all at floor, which would tank the price, by the way. And now you can do it a little bit more dynamically, which is better. Helps you get out easily, right? As, as well as, it also helps when you're trying to buy a bigger bag on a shorter yeah. time frame, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't think people appreciate just how much impact larger positions used to have on floor prices. Yeah, and... it's, yeah, for sure. It's a mix of people being new and people don't have those big positions, so they don't realize how much it could fuck them over. Exactly. And I think for a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, if you can't easily exit a position, you're also not as interested in buying. So I think, I think there's way, way, way more demand for all of these uh, illiquid JPEGs now that they're a little bit less illiquid. Yeah. Of course, the and, market has tanked, but, you know. Yeah, but this, <laughs> a lot of other things, um, which kind of brings me to another question, because you have the more de more demand as it becomes more liquid. And there's that argument of people who will say, well, the mid rares are now not valued. I didn't think they were ever really valued, but it creates less of a market for for rare NFTs. Is that, no, does no. that matter to you at all? Well, first of all, I've always said that you either buy the, the rarest one or floors. Everything in the middle is a dumb move. Yeah. And um, people are still trading rares. They are just no longer paying a premium for them. And so the, the what people should be saying is this weird premium that was there for a not that rare NFT. <laughs> you know, it's no longer there. Is it fair? Well, whatever. I think um, the only good reason to buy a mid-rare NFT is if you if you like the aesthetics of it and you really liking the aesthetics doesn't have to mean that someone else also does. It's just, you know, how it works. So, indeed, the irrational premium mid-rares sometimes got is now gone and uh, people shouldn't have been paying it anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. Anyways, enough about AMMs because I think no, everyone's heard that story. More, um, yeah, okay, Everyone has heard that story. We all know it. <clears throat> By the way, before we before we go on, I haven't had a call with anyone after nine o'clock in the evening since forever. So you know, this is a. Uh, <clears throat> I might get a cup of coffee every twenty minutes or so just to stay awake. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'll have music ready to play during the little yeah. intervals. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you for being on here so late. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, it's right. It's, um, it's fine. Anything for you, Pedro. Anything for oh, you. So kind. Is it, is it a special occasion? Are the kids not there or something? It's 10 o'clock. They are, you know, they're asleep and they have been four That's hours. It. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Good times then. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna hear someone uh, like at like the middle of the call. You're gonna hear someone screaming upstairs and like, oh fuck. In that case, you know, um, yeah, no, we'll manage. They, <laughs> they, 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 they're, they're good sleepers by now. It's fine. Awesome. Okay, so let's see. I think let's talk about marinade. 
Let's talk about Marinade. Now, yes. now BD at Marinade after I'm having a, I'm a left your best job. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how's that treating you? It's super interesting. So um, um, there's a lot of a lot of things here are new. First of all, I used to own my own business, right? And now I'm working in a decentralized autonomous organization. So that's cool. Uh, it's Web3, right? Everything is new. So it's very interesting. But I, I you know, working for Marinade was a, was a deliberate choice, right? Um, They're doing something that helps the network. So it moves the needle for all of us. And therefore, it's a, it's a great project to uh, <clears throat> to invest my time into. And you know, the people people are kind. They're 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 nice. They work hard. People care. And uh, but it's it's very different from a um, Web two company, let's say, or a bank. You know, where I got started originally. So it's uh, definitely a bit of a cultural getting used to. Yeah, that's fair. And so, well, what have what have you been up to? Because I don't necessarily see you tweet about it that much. So, what has it been now? Like a week, maybe a bit more. Oh God! I need, so I need to tweet more. I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll that's... tweet more. <laughs> I'll tweet more about my. I did a massive. I've seen the liquid staking. I've seen yeah, the liquid, liquid staking talk, like but not so much the business development, which is fair. Oh. I don't think you have to tweet about it. I think. Well, what's what's sort of a thing that I'm focusing on is <clears throat> something that upsets me as well. So I'm going back to AMMs, right? Because why not? But That's also uh, also lending <laughs> protocols and so on. So throughout, yeah. let's say, the part of the, the NFT ecosystem that looks a little bit like DeFi, there is Solana, like Sol, uh, in various protocols at various levels, basically doing nothing. Right? It's yielding zero and this is very frustrating to me so imagine i have a large amm pool with a ton of jpegs in it and a ton of soul in it and the soul is essentially yielding zero this is very upsetting to me i don't want my soul to yield zero i want it to yield non-zero and so i feel that throughout the DeFi <clears throat> ecosystem we shouldn't have soul doing nothing it should at the very least partially be msol so this is true for, you know, when you're um, when you're lending via Sharky, you need to deposit Sol and then you need to wait until someone accepts it. That's dumb. It should be MSOL. So at least you get yield while you wait. This should be true in AMM pools. This should be true, you know, in lending protocols, wherever. <clears throat> I want my Sol to be yielding something. So I'm texting founders, essentially, <laughs> telling them, these exact things and convincing them to uh, make it happen. So how easy is it, is that to implement for a team? Because if it's in <laughs> Sharky, right, there needs to be the whole swap at one point, yeah. right? Yeah, look, I'm not a dev, so it's not really my problem. But if, <laughs> but if, if, you, um, if you want me tweeting happily about what you're doing, then um, get it done. Fair enough. If you want the influencer, you need the you need the MSOL. No, but it's 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 look, I really think that um if if you can guarantee a minimum yield on the Solana that people deposit in your protocol, you will get more of it, right? So capital inefficiency just hurts this ecosystem. And I get it because you need to do a little swap. 
uh, well, two actually, like from Seoul to M Seoul and then back again. So it's uh, it's more steps. But I think I haven't heard a convincing argument as to why it's super hard. It's just not there yet, but it should be. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So right now the focus is mostly on utilizing MSOL, which how, because MSOL, how does like, in your don't, job... don't, don't, don't get too technical, right? I mean, I've yeah, been there yeah. for a few weeks. If you ask me two technical <laughs> questions, I'm going to pretend to fall asleep. But yeah. I don't, I don't have the technical knowledge anyway, so no worries. Yeah, it was okay. mostly, how does, how does Marinade basically make money and how do they benefit from MSOL being used in such a wider spectrum? Got it. So, when you swap Sol to Amsol, right, you essentially increase the amount of Solanas that Marinade is managing. So, when they, this pool of Sol that they are managing, they stake it to validators. These validators, um, you know, they charge a commission, so they make more money, right? That's sort of how validators make money. And Marinade essentially charges a small commission on the commission. Okay. So basically, each time that soul that isn't an MSOL is transferred into MSOL, you manage to reap that little commission. Well, more more specifically, when the, um, when the soul that Marinade manages is staked with a validator, yeah. you know, every epoch, essentially, they take a little bit of a cut of the cut. So it's uh, that's how they make money. And then there are some other business lines, like uh, when you swap one thing for the other, there's a, there's a little spread and that sort of thing. But <clears throat> the main long-term revenue driver is uh, is essentially, you know, if the validators make money, Marinade makes money. So the more soul that, that Marinade has under management, uh, or like the more M soul that exists, that's the same thing, by the way, the more money Marinade makes. And okay. at the same time, the healthier the validator ecosystem becomes, because that means that more validators have uh, at stake, soul. you know, and the more soul that they have, the more economically viable they are, but the more economically viable they are, the more money we also make. So there's a nice <clears throat> incentive alignment there. And so how has it been going of managing to get protocols to, to use that Solana? Um, well, look, people agree that Solana in their protocol shouldn't be yielding zero if it could also be yielding seven, eight percent a year. So that part is easy. But then prioritizing this, that's harder. That's fine. You know, I'm not in a massive rush and I understand priorities. But uh, again, if you, if you want my happy tweets, put MSOL in your protocol. Fair enough. Sounds like a good approach. So... Why? Because obviously when we've already spoken about when you tried to find a job in Web3, right? And mm -hmm. the big driving factor was trying to be a positive force for Solana as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. And so some, I'm going to like, this might be a long question, but you've occasionally mentioned that investing in JPEGs is stupid, depending on the JPEG, obviously, but mm -hmm. that investing in the tools that make money from the speculation of JPEGs is the is the intelligent part, right? If you want to make so, money, yes. Yeah. So I guess the essential outlook is why are you interested in simply like making money off of this whole situation of Web3? Or do you have a wider belief in Web3 being able to 
change something and improve something, which is why you want to be able to improve Solana as a whole. That's interesting. By the way, in the back, one of the toys of my kids just started playing. Can you hear the, the, the thing or is, or is the... Well, it's all is... good here. Okay, great. <laughs> <clears throat> um, all right. So when it comes to crypto and Web3 and decentralization, I'm not a, I'm not a weird cyberpunk maxi who wants to overthrow the government or something, right? That's not, that's not really me. Um, and when it comes to the investing part, I once did this thread on how I view Solana as a city, sort of, <clears throat> uh, the healthier our economy becomes, the more money we all make. But if you speculate on very specific things, then you're just doing the specific thing, whereas it makes way more sense to just bet on our economy becoming more healthy over time. <clears throat> That's sort of my investment philosophy. And I think working at Marinade helps, let's say, the infrastructure of our city. So that increases the odds that we're all going to make it, right? That's the that's sort of the storyline. Now, do I believe that if <clears throat> large companies use Web3 technology or if decentralized uh, companies outcompete centralized companies that we that we would have a better world i don't i don't really know i'm not so sure i i think very centralized projects you know uh, like uh, let's say a facebook or microsoft that sort of stuff yeah that's not perfect either but i i'm not sure yet if the web3 decentralized uh, equivalent really brings you know, utopia. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I'm fairly, I decently agree, but I, obviously there's people who are not on the same, on the same line of thought, right? So yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, it's more of a financial approach, right? That of like investing in Web3 and everything and spending time here. Um. Well, yeah. And, and, and look, so, so, so I just, enjoy being where the smart kids do weird stuff <clears throat> so that's what i love but it's interesting to me it's intellectually stimulating but um i'm not i'm not a mission driven crypto person like that sort of stuff no i mean i guess i guess i i did you know move a, more to in that direction than I thought would be possible a few years ago. Okay. So, I mean, if the point isn't so much a, well, is there a mission elsewhere? If it's not in crypto, what would be your mission otherwise? Make my kids happy. That's quite wholesome. Well, no, to, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I mean, it could be very much the point. Uh, yeah i mean it's it's also you know fairly short-sighted but but um really outside of you know trying to do interesting stuff and making sure the kids are happy i mean that's that's uh, that's like already a pretty full day you know so, <laughs> so i don't really see where the uh where the longer term um additional work could be pointed at but um 
mean, that's that's sort of the the that those are the basics, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like a very solid and fundamental basic at the end of the day. It's family, right? Family, friends, relationships, all that. Um, no, not not friends. I mean, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> no, 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 specifically the kids, right? Because they, so, yeah. they uh, like they they really um, depend on you know the, the, with with your friends, right? Or or with your wife, or or like with other people, you can say, hey, you have some responsibility to take care of yourself as well, person. Uh, but with 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 the young kids, that's that's very different. They are really really clueless without. Um, me at <laughs> or you know their parents so that's that's just uh, that's a very well, specific overwhelming type of responsibility that's it yeah i was gonna say what one could say that it was your choice so <laughs> yeah 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 exactly. they, they, you know they didn't ask to to be born and and now they you know they are and they want to eat and they want to watch pop troll you know those are all things that need to be taken care of oh, sounds like fun um so, well, what brought you? So, I think your trajectory right now, in terms of like professionally, are basically uh, right now at Marinade. Before yep. that, at your own company. Yep. And before that, in banking. Yep. So, what brought on the transition from banking to your own company? Let, let let me let's see how okay so there's there's a few things to this and uh one is um you know cool and the other one's a little bit Ugh. so <laughs> so one thing very specific about dutch banking is um at some point the bonuses were capped after the financial crisis so that essentially meant that um, if you were good at your job, you already knew by February what your bonus was going to be. And that led to very weird working dynamics that I disliked. So that was one reason why I wanted to get out of banking. The kept pay, you know, turned away the really bright people and made everything extremely mediocre, which I disliked. So that's one part of it. The other part was I really wanted to be an entrepreneur and I thought it would be very easy. Right. So that was a mistake because entrepreneurship is insanely hard, but I always wanted to, uh, wanted to do it even, even before I got started in banking. So, so essentially I hated the people who continued to work in banking and, uh, I thought that doing my own thing would be very easy. So th that's, um, that's how I got started there. Okay. And so. So it wasn't that easy at the end of the day, right? No, it wasn't that easy at all. It was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think look, being a founder is very hard. Doing it during COVID and you know potentially World War Three was also very hard. Although I don't think there's ever an easy time to be a founder, but it's just the um, the amount of problems that you need to solve, and you know it's it's extremely stressful. Being responsible for paying the salary of other people is you know wild so uh yeah no no uh, building a company is is extremely difficult and it requires both luck luck persistence and you know extreme talent and skill so in the end it didn't work out as i hoped and uh that was sad but you know life goes on is it something you regret 
Uh, well, I have often thought that if I had stayed in banking and would just start doing a little bit of angel investing on the side, I would have had a way easier life. <clears throat> also, my former colleagues all started buying Bitcoin in 2011. So that would have been interesting if I would just, you know, been a part of that ride. Um, so do I regret it? Well, yes, in that sense, from a from a financial and stress point of view, I don't regret it because it, you know, it taught me a lot about myself and, and, and so on. But it was the the stress adjusted return really was uh terrible so in the end it wasn't the best decision let's say fair enough so when it came the time to end it all was mm -hmm. it somewhat because at the same time you don't want to end it right because of all the work you've put into it and yeah all the responsibility that means but was it in, initially how did it feel relief bad Well, the way that it kind of played out in the end was sort of a, uh, you know, so so I, I had these like these deadlines like things need to change by X, otherwise it doesn't make sense to continue. And you know, like a like a normal human, uh, that deadline had, you know, been extended quite a few times, costing me more and more and more and more money every time, and then. At some point, it was just like, okay, so we're, we're not going to do this anymore. Uh, everyone go uh, <clears throat> go find a new job, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, the moment where that decision was made, it, it definitely felt like a big defeat. So that wasn't fun. Uh, and then a few weeks later, that feeling of giving up and, you know, feeling a bit like a, like a, like a loser um, that went and now everything is fine. And, you know, slowly, slowly I can experience a little bit of relief, but definitely the beginning didn't, didn't really feel like a relief at all. It was just a big, Oh my God, I spent so much time, energy and money on this nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense, that like. must be, uh, that's, it must be painful. It must be like fairly to like, look back on it and be like, Oh shit. Yeah, I guess it's similar to doing a very dumb trade where you just keep throwing more money at it in the hope that it will correct, right? And then looking back, you're like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done transaction three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, yeah, actually, I just cut the loss there, right? Yeah, 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 that would have been smarter. That would have been way smarter. But that's very hard to do, you know, which is which is why it was always easier for me to be rational in my trades because I, I, uh, I was extremely irrational in all the uh, personal business stuff like i've been there i recognize exactly what people go through yeah and so while you were doing this was you were simultaneously trading nfts right yeah yeah so <laughs> um <laughs> definitely because i i got started in the nfts in in in, well, in crypto by the way at large in 2021 and um that was that was after my company had sort of recovered from uh, from its most catastrophic dip, and there was some cash, uh, <clears throat> so I was finally able to to pay myself a little bit of salary, and so I started playing around here, because it was it was right after Elon Musk had 
you know, tweeted some shit and then everything came down hard. So I thought, well, this is the time to uh, start looking around here. And that's... Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and how it starts. <laughs> that's how it starts. Yeah. And so so being being part of a business that's not doing too well, um, or, you know, some, some quarters great, other quarters, oh my God. Um, that's that's not good for motivation. Well, at the same time, like here is where there's a lot of growth and smart people and happy people. So it's the, you know, this is where a lot of cool stuff happens. And um, this is where the growth is. So this was definitely the, the more interesting part of my day always. To be fair, this is also where you have Solana going from 250 to $8, FTX, Terra Luna, and more. Mm. It's not always the smoothest of rides. And and by doing so, still outperforming certain parts of the economy. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's bad here, but it's it's bad elsewhere it's, too. It's true. Um, it maybe should be a bit more grateful. After all, Solana is at, what, 20 at this point? It's still it's, it's still humming, and we're, we are in the part of Solana, the NFT bit, that's actually, um, there's a lot of activity here. Yes, unlike DeFi. Exactly. Pain. We, we could we could have been, you know, serum maxis. That's true. Oh boy. That would have been very uncomfortable. <laughs> I lost I lost quite a bit of money on serum because I thought ah. that serum would power everything here. I never really knew what happened to serum. Because mm. FTX screwed it over, but before that it never felt like it was such a prominent part. Because it wasn't very front-facing, right? You also had this very weird staking page where you had to stake like a, like a lot of them in, in order to properly participate. It was very weird, very clunky. I had to use a solid wallet or something. Whatever. It was terrible. Huh. Okay. <laughs> happy, it's, well. happy it's dead. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, And so... So you have you're doing both things at the same time. The company yep. doesn't go go as planned, and <laughs> you close it there. When did you make the decision that you had moved to Web three before or after the end? I was already spending quite a lot of time here. Um, so I think I had made the decision unconsciously earlier. And then, uh, then uh, as I was sort of <clears throat> making the decision, I did explore, you know, Web 2 stuff, Web 3 stuff, but I was, I was more excited about what I found on the Web 3 side. Okay. So it was like a fairly obvious decision to come into Web 3? Yeah, I mean, for a while I thought this is my hobby, so I shouldn't I shouldn't make it my work. Yeah, because that kills the hobby. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's. Uh, <clears throat> I enjoy spending time here, so why not? That makes. I mean, obviously, it made like a good thing to do, right? But so. When before that, going back into the past, you're in a bank, right? And mm -hmm. the few people I know that are in banking that I've interacted with are generally quite um, bearish on crypto. 
especially the older ones. Yeah, so sure. is how did that kind of feel? Because I imagine you had colleagues that, I don't know if you still interact with them, right? But maybe there was a disconnect between old friend colleagues or how was that? How did that kind of work for well, you? So I worked on the trading floor, right? Which is a very specific mm. part of banking. Um, very weird people work on trading floors. And so my former colleagues there, they were, they were, they were buying Bitcoin in 2011, right? So as a speculative asset, they loved it. Um, but they didn't know anything about the technology or anything. Whenever I was on stage the last, you know, let's say eight or nine years, if people would ask me, hey, what do you think about crypto? I would say, well, I'm not touching it because that sounds pretty scammy. Um, because that helps with my public persona. But in private, of course, I was interested, especially by um, <clears throat> by smart contracts. But there aren't that many trading floor, uh, like sales and trading people who really care about technology. So that overlap is quite small. And back when I worked in banking, all I really cared about was uh, the volatility of the Eurostoxx 50, essentially. Didn't have an opinion on anything else. So, so you know, there, there just weren't that many thoughts in my mind about this. And of course, the, the, the last... And the company that I started was, in the end, uh, a corporate finance boutique, but in but in tech advisory. So, so I, I you know, I've been around tech, and I didn't really have a strong opinion about the quality of the tech of the blockchain. I just saw that there were smart people messing around here. But, but you... I, but I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I didn't tell any of my, like. Uh, family office or 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 banking context that i cared about crypto okay that's interesting is that i mean are you then at all public about being into crypto and the no in not at all no okay damn any okay that's i mean fair enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so so you know i i have i have the occasional speaking gig and um uh, with with uh, especially with family officers and so on and 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 uh, I give I give lectures on um, on uh, on early stage investing, but <laughs> I don't talk about crypto there. Fair enough. Um, well, I, how come you have those gigs? I had, I had no no idea. Not that I should know, but like. <laughs> oh well, I, I uh, uh, yeah, like I I do well on stage, and so. Uh, once I was invited to do like a, a thing somewhere and then that led to another and that to another and to another and to another. And uh, yeah, now you can book me as a speaker sometimes. Holy shit. Are you, are you going to be speaking at a breakpoint Amsterdam? Sounds like a great opportunity. No, because, because <laughs> then, then, the, then the two, <laughs> then the, the two names collide. So that doesn't work. That doesn't oh, work. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That disconnected in my mind for half a second. I mean, you could go up as guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But then, like, why is this guy doing portfolio management? But um... <laughs> <laughs> the day someone recognizes you, and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, the I, degenerate I, I... person I've been following has been making speeches at the same time. What? Well, I never, I never encourage degen stuff. So, so in the end, like, it, 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 
No, 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 no. So the um, <laughs> bread white sports. Okay. So I mean, bouncing off of the idea of Breakpoint Amsterdam, are you? What's your uh, What's your opinion on the IRL events and how? I think to make it more interesting as a question, how do you view like what projects do at events? Like, is it important for them to be there? Should they be doing parties? Should they be networking? Whatever. I work with founders. I typically tell them don't go to events because they don't bring you anything. Sorry. Okay. Uh, but I look, I, I definitely feel that meeting people in person can be extremely valuable. Uh, but these events are typically quite expensive. First of all, just to be there, go there, have a booth or God knows what. And then second, those are all days where you're not building product. So if you go, you need to do it with a very, very, very clear mission, right? You might need to hire some talent or or that sort of stuff. But if your agenda is just connecting with the ecosystem, then you just end up doing very expensive beers, which isn't that useful. So I think, yeah, um, of course, attending these events is very fun for everyone involved. But in order to make it work for founders, they should go there with a mission or just not go at all. Okay. That's, I mean, it's, it's fair enough. And so does the like parties count as a mission to you? No. No, but, fair but, enough. But, I, mean, I tried. If, if people want, want to party with their, with their uh, JPEG friends, then do it. But just be honest about it, right? And say, hey, you know, we're, we're going here to have a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, that's fine. But, but we're I think connecting he, with our holders. Yeah, whatever. To make diamond hands. <clears throat> I, yeah. You must forge the diamond hands in the heat of an Amsterdam club. I think. I think. By the way, I think Amsterdam is a, is a is a rather pricey location for uh, it is for an event. So I don't. I don't really understand. I was quite surprised. What I'm questioning is um, not that I don't like Amsterdam, but there's a lot of weed there, and I'm sure that played part of the decision. There's no way. Yeah, Portugal is also weed friendly. It's good. Point. Uh, Right, but less accessible. So yeah, look, I don't know. Um, I think the next one should be in a different, you know, on a different continent. You know. Southeast Asia, not that that's a continent, but that region. I mean, that's where that's where the growth should come from. So yeah. Okay, and uh, so a whole breakpoint, or just more um, more hacker houses and things like that. Both, both. Okay. Oh, you! I, I, am seeing the artwork now. By the way, it's, oh. uh, it's very good. Do you want me to post uh, my, um, my wallet there, or, or do, do we take uh, care of it in DM? You can DM it to me. No worries. If you That's want to good. post it there, you can as well. But for, for any anyone, by the way, you can always just DM it to me. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it was. I tried to get the tulips in because I was like, well, it, it just yeah, matches yeah. so well. Yeah, you know, the whole everyone was like, "Oh, NFTs are tulips." They're gonna, well, whether that's true or not, it's still funny. Um, they are okay, <laughs> and they're they're quite beautiful, to be fair. <laughs> the um, both NFTs and tulips. No, have, have you um, have you ever been to the Netherlands to this tulip field thing? I have, but when I was a lot younger, hmm. so I don't really remember it that well. But I've I've spent quite a bit of time in the Netherlands, actually, surprisingly enough. That's cute. 
I've I've never been to the Kuykerhof, which is where these uh, tulips are. But um, yeah, I did. I basically did like a whole road trip where it was in Harlingen, Harlingen, something like that. Well, wait, wait, wait. Were you in Harlem or in Harlingen? Harlingen. Why? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. I don't even remember where it is. I just know that my parents were like, let's go to Harlingen. And I was like, okay, then. And then, wow. yeah, somewhere, somehow they had puffertjes, and I was very happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puffertjes are the, yeah, it's like crack cocaine for kids. Bro, it's like sugar and butter. What more do you want? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, my kids love it. I'm not surprised. Not that the Netherlands has great cuisine, by the way. Aside from puffertjes, we don't, like, we don't, we don't. That's true. You didn't have frikandel, and it's like okay. <laughs> mm. Man, this is this is impressive. Yeah, frikandel, puffertjes. You know your stuff. You've been to Harlingen. I've never been to Harlingen. That's cool. <sighs> Uh, Oli Bull as well. I, it Jeez. really stops there, by the way. <laughs> it ends there. You have some some fine fine uh, you know Dutch cuisine um, exposure here. Absolutely, Oli Bull. Oli Bull. I I I despise them. My wife really loves them. Whenever the the whenever it's like December and they sell these Oli Bull, like the entire house yeah. smells like Oli Bull the entire month. It's basically a ball of dough, and sometimes they have raisins inside them. Yep, fried. That's very funny. Um, okay, well, but let's go slightly back to crypto. Um, okay. First exposure, 2021 is what you said. What was it? Was it Bitcoin? Was it ETH, Sol? ETH. ETH. Okay. And, and then I um, uh, then I heard about what staking is. Then I found a website that listed how much money protocols were making. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to buy into growing revenue. So that's where I figured out how Uniswap and Sushi and Aave sort of uh, pay you a little bit of money. And and I got really, really, really excited because in crypto, apparently, you could own shares in a company and be paid a part of revenue instead of a part of profit. So I think I didn't sleep for weeks while that let me. I was so excited. I thought, oh my God, this is, this is, this is, this is incredible. And then later I learned how tokenomics work and all that, all that sort of stuff. But that's how I got started. A few weeks of euphoria and uh, oh my God, I can buy into all of these fast growing companies where they pay me a part of their revenue. And so it, it, it took a while for me to get how, how that really worked. Um, from there, I also bought PancakeSwap, right? Because I thought, well, if I own Uniswap then I, and Sushi, I also need to own PancakeSwap. And then from there, I bought Radium because I, and that's how I fell in love with Solana. Okay. And then I sold everything and moved here. <laughs> and so, so what was your first exposure on Solana in terms of NFTs? <clears throat> so... The reason I even knew that Solana existed were articles by um, Paki McCormick, the not boring guy, who started his writing career writing about serious tech. And then he he had this article about Degenerate Ape uh, Mint, which I thought was very silly. And I found this website called soanalysis.com 
and it listed all of the NFTs and their floor. And I think at the time there were four or something. It was SMB, Fract. Anyway. Um, so I minted an, an Aurori, and it was a mid-rare. I was very excited because I thought it was rare, but it was a mid-rare. And um, we take those. Yeah, and then I got hooked. So then I then I bought one of every top ten NFT collection for a really long time because I was I thought, hey, let, let me just build a like an ETF index of, of this nonsense. Um, so yeah, that, that's why why I owned one of everything for a long time, and and then there was so much crap that I stopped doing that trick, but. Yes, not that many. There are so many projects that only just skip into the top ten for for a week or less, and yeah. then go down. You'd be taking a big risk on that. Um, yeah, I learned this later. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah. So you get exposed to it that way. Um, yeah. Oh, so the, the, an important part of that history, I guess, is, is the Boogle. When yeah. did you get into that? How did you get into it? Um. Yeah, I just found them. Uh, they were cool, and but I, you know, I, I bought one on during the auction when they weren't that expensive yet. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So so I got there, then I then I uh, sold it because the the business needed uh, needed cash, so that sucked. And then I became an honorary member, and uh, then that ended. That's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, it ended. Yeah, yeah, that ended. Uh, oh. That was you know that was a, that was a ton of fun, but um. Yeah, indeed, the Google, but I also owned. I think my first PFP, by the way, was a was a degenerate ape with a police vest. <laughs> so that was cool. And then I had SMB. I had two SMBs. Even I was very proud of my second SMB. My second SMB cost me more than uh, than the Google, right? Just for reference. Oh shit! Okay. That was another mid rare SMB. So that was a dumb buy as well. <laughs> Uh-huh. But the uh, but I, I think pains. <laughs> yeah, but what what I think like meerkats make me more money than was reasonable. That was fair enough. That was uh, that was extremely city. Quite a fall from grace for those though. Yeah, but I sold in the first weekend when they were at nice. forty or something. Holy shit! Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah. So so. So I got a I got a call from the bank uh, because I essentially had to explain where all the money came from. So I I, uh, I revisited the entire Meerkat thing with the anti money laundering unit at ING Bank. Gee, how did the, how do you even explain that? I bought a JPEG and it forty x. I bought a ton of JPEGs at forty x. Um, yeah was weird because at the same time Solana also in that week shot up a bot uh, quite a bit so that was um, yeah that was a weird conversation yeah that must but, have been very fun <laughs> look the bank the bank knows that NFTs exist right so that's uh, yeah. that's that's part of um... <laughs> thankfully I didn't have to explain that bit so <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Then it was just yeah I I minted a ton and because they were afraid it didn't sell out I got twice as many meerkats and then they exploded and then I sold them all um, so yeah that was weird. funny as hell I, was, I can't I, even imagine getting into that with a banker and you're like so basically right there are images <laughs> on a blockchain and I bought them for about what 
thousand dollars? No, no, no. I, I, I bought, I bought them for like two hundred dollars, and then I sold each for, you know, somewhere between three and eight k. And... <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> and insane. I, and I, and I had dozens. Yeah. So no, that was that was uh, that was weird. That's such a great explanation to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and, and so... but I, but I think I think the 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 best NFT that no one really enjoys talking about is just Dijon coin flip. Yes. Steady There's... returns. Yeah. Not only this, they. Um, um, why I really love them is they are a, a real business, right? And all holders know exactly what needs to be done to increase revenue. And they do it. It's uh, I, I often joke that it's the best DAO on Solana, but it's um, I think it's true. Like they they are the only ones with a well defined objective. It's not you know hype or community or anything fluffy. No no no. It's increasing flips. That's it. That's uh, it's. Don't they also have a new mint upcoming? I think. I think it's it's officially a secret, but uh, there's there's something happening, and you know they have a they have a second game uh, which I created later, but um, that's really cool, you know. Okay. I I had no idea that was a secret. I would have sworn if I know it, it can't be a secret. That's kind of the it's, standard of this one for me. It's <laughs> it's a, it's a tongue in cheek secret. Okay, okay, <laughs> like, like like wink, wink. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So. So anyways, meerkats, all of that. Um, one kind of in the same range question at like same time frame is, so at, at this point in time, you're a, a decently large Twitter account. I have no idea off the top of my head, but like 40,000 followers, something like that. You didn't start there. No. Um, and obviously you get into the space and I imagine you didn't know anyone, right? So how did that, that biz, dev, biz development of your own brand occur of meeting a bunch of people, creating that? By accident. accident, okay. Yeah, so so I don't have a social media background at all. Right? <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, it's a banker. This, this, yeah, yeah, this isn't my thing. Um, but I definitely, very early on, felt that this space had a lot of opportunity, and people were wasting it by just doing Legion shit. So I just started tweeting about, you know, boring stuff. And then I threw in some kid stuff every now and then because uh, hey, uh, I, I, I enjoy having a, a, a sort of somewhat informal relationship with the rest of the world. So, you know, I thought that was nice. And um, that just continued growing and growing and growing. But I remember, so when I when I bought my DAA, of course, then then DAA people would like your stuff, and then I quickly had a thug bird, and you know, caca, that was great. Everyone liked retweeting other thug birds, so that's I guess how I grew to one thousand by um, by being a part of those two communities, and then from there it was just um, I think I think once somewhere along around that time. The um, the first people started asking if I wanted to be an advisor for their project, right? So that's how that grew. Okay. And I did, by the way, I did tweet one hundred times a day for months. 
Oh, Jesus. That's a <laughs> yeah. fucking... That's a large amount. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Okay, so completely... Basically completely random. And so then you, at, at first investing into the top 10 NFTs... But how did you, was, was there ever a moment when you triggered and you were like, I'm going to stop buying the DGen NFTs, I'm going to start buying actually interesting NFTs? And at what point was that? Because I don't feel like there was really the utility NFTs for a long time. But in November, um, in November and December is when Shadowy Supercoders and DGen yeah. Petcats launched. And that's where it clicked for me. Okay. So, by the way, remember the original Meerkat pitch was there's 10% royalties, but it will all go to people who uh, own the Meerkats. That uh-huh. was the pitch. That was the pitch. And to be specific, it was uh, the person who minted a Meerkat got X percent, and then the person who held the Meerkat got the other bit. That was the That was the original pitch, and they were the first one to start messing around with these royalties. And so that got me very excited. This was another period in my life where I didn't sleep for, for a week or something because I, I thought, oh, that, that if, you know, if, if that works, I'm rich, right? Or, or something equally nonsensical. So um, that's where I started to move away from this being just a speculative weird thing to hey, there's there's some something real here, potentially. Not specifically in the meerkat, but in the structure of the market. Yeah, which I mean, it's interesting that you would see that in the meerkats because looking, if anyone tried to pull that off now, it would never work. I totally, but don't forget that <laughs> I sold them. I don't know, like 30 or 40 hours later, uh, because I was, because I, I thought, well, um, anything could happen, sure, but as a minter, I would still get part of the royalties. That was the, that was the agreement. And because I had minted really a lot of them, um, I felt secure, right? So that's, that's why I sold them. And remember, because I got, I got started on ETH buying, you know, into all of these projects because I wanted to build weekly cash flow uh, for myself. Of course, it would be paid in sushi tokens and pancake tokens and other nonsense. But um, that's how I got. That's you know that's what I liked doing. And then I briefly went back, you know, into these silly JPEGs and uh, you know buying tugbirds and all this you know, all that weirdness. But um, but but that what really was was sort of off brand. That didn't feel natural to me. Whereas buying into revenue, <clears throat> that definitely felt more like home to me. Okay, and this actually, your way of investing just pops up a completely kind of different question to me. It's if you had a new entrant coming into the space, right? A friend mm-hmm. told them, "Oh, I bought an NFT at ten x," and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to join in." What mm-hmm. do you think would be your instant recommendation for someone who had a budget that was from zero to ten sol, more or less? Well, first of all, is let's hope that you have two thousand soul before you put, you know, or two hundred soul. Sorry, before you put five or ten in this nonsense. Um, I think that's a good starting point. And then, with ten soul, your opportunities are somewhat limited, right? But 
I'm not so sure if I would tell a new entrant to get started in all of this, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. For any price range? <laughs> well, if, you, if you're going to put Tesol in this, I also feel you should be, you know, in many, many, many projects. Yeah. I... And 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 if you have ten soul, you you know you there aren't that many. You, you can't be in ten one soul projects because there aren't ten good one soul projects. So life life just becomes very hard at that point. I personally believe that if you so the bits about the NFT market that I'm excited about aren't per se individual projects. It's making money by investing in all the speculation around it so for instance people lend heavily against their jpegs to buy more jpegs that's a wonderful source of yield like you can make a percent a week which is um more than than i think the mob makes so so that's great uh stick to those things for a long time i would say Okay, so it doesn't. Or do you think your strategy would ever change depending on your bankroll? No. No. Okay. Fair enough. No, because because I I think I think Soul is now at twenty or twenty five or God knows what. If you just buy Soul here and you stake it and you wait three years, I think it's very very hard for any investment to compete with just doing that. To be honest. So if you and if you want a little bit more risk. You can lend or you can do some AMM stuff, but just buying a JPEG and hoping to sell it later for more Solana, I'm not so sure because I think most most top PFP projects secretly trade in dollars, not in Seoul. Yeah, that seems fairly accurate. <laughs> I think... <laughs> right? uh, yeah, I think it's somewhere in the region, because I, I feel like if Seoul were to pump all the way back to 200, you would still see quite a solid pump from the, it, I think it moves based off the dollar, but also off of sentiment of the yeah. of Solana or crypto, right? So it'll move swum, somewhat in tandem. Yeah, but for instance, for instance, the the... The SMBs have traded between 120 and 200 for about 18 months now. Yeah. I mean, I remember buying my SM, my my mid-range SMB for 250 soul or something, which at the time was an ungodly amount of money, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> um, and I and I, but I think if I think it would still be like 250. And okay. if Seoul goes back up, it might go to 200, maybe 300, but not 2,000 Seoul. No. So, so if, if, no. You care, if, if you care about dollar, uh, dollars, right, or euros or God knows what, I just think staking, staking Seoul is a good, good way to play this market. And if, if you want to take more risk than just staking Seoul, then you better have some very, very, very uh, clear thinking around around why. It's like I tweeted today, right? You need to take calculated risks, but do some real math. Right? Use an Excel sheet before you click buy. I saw that tweet right after I put money into the shit coin, and I was there like, oh boy, that was very well calculated. 
Or if you want to take silly risks, just do it with a very small portion of your portfolio. So, you know, you, you can you can throw away X percent. Why not? Yeah, maybe point X percent on shit coins. Uh... Yeah, maybe. But I, I, I know that people will risk more. But... Yeah. But I don't, you know, there's no reason to, given the fact that you're already in Solana, which is, according to some, a shitcoin. And according to the wider world, at least something extremely uh, speculative. You're already at the extreme of the risk curve by being here. That's very true. And I mean, it's very interesting to see just like the rage of people who are fucking doing this shit, whether it be shit coins or NFTs. And I mean, I think the appeal is always when people see the, uh, Oh, X person put twenty dollars into Pepe and got out with four million, or anything of that kind of sort. It's like, of course you want to hit that, but for every person who's hit that, there's a person who put a million and ended up with two. Of course, but that, so that's the that's the sad part, right? It's sort of it's it's a big casino where a lot of people gamble, and then most of them lose all their money one or two are winners and then we pretend as if those one or two have done something extremely smart but that's that that that's that's untrue and you try to play the house yeah more or less okay so so crypto was a hobby and now Mm -hmm. it becomes your job have you replaced it with any other hobbies well zelda comes out in eight days oh which one is it the the new one for the switch so it's it's the 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 sequel to breath of the wild okay Um, i saw it mentioned yeah i'm very i'm extremely excited that's um yeah can't wait really can't wait how long is it gonna take you to finish it i think i i put 100 hours in breath of the wild but that was spread out over a year or something Okay. Now here's of course the magic with the switch. You can bring it with you when you poop. Yeah, it's fair good. enough. It's a handheld, so you know. <laughs> that game is not going <laughs> to last a very long time, is it? Well, no, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have dozens of hours anymore in a week, but um, I'll definitely play. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, fair enough. How is Hogwarts Legacy, by the way? It's great. It's great. It's a little bit too easy. That's sad, but it's um, as a Harry Potter fan, it's great. And um, <clears throat> you know, in a few years, I'll be reading Harry Potter often. I think. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll play the game with the kids as well. Right now, we're playing Mario Kart with them. That's uh, oh, but that's a lot of fun. It's fun. It's but especially for young kids, they have these uh, modes where the car drives itself, kinda, and so even my two-year-old can quote-unquote, do it. Huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Did, did they have it in the original versions of Mario Kart? No, no, no. no. The original ver- versions were way less forgiving. But here you can turn on auto steering and auto gas and you're fine. Oh, fair enough. So I think I played... Is it Mario Kart 8 they play now? Or is it something else? I think so. Okay. It's a, it's a fairly fun game. I was very surprised by all the gimmicks that they have when I first tried it. Yeah, but it's still, you know, the the steer, do the do the do the jump in the turns and the tap 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 to get the small boost. It's sort of the same. 
the, the, yeah, the solid basics. The basics are still there, yeah. But very yes. fun. So essentially, kids, video games, and crypto. That's some reading. Um, sports, right? I remember Always. you did the Spartan, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, doing, uh, doing another one later this year. I picked up boxing recently, earlier in the year. That's, very nice. That's, that's very nice. Yeah, uh, I love it. I love it. Although the other day, some people started sparring without their mouth guard in. And then one kid lost five teeth. That was a. Uh, oh, that was shit. sad. That's sad. Yeah. That's intense. anyway. Yeah, so yeah. kids, wear your mouthpiece always. Wear your mouthpiece, one hundred percent. Yeah, boxing is a lot of fun. I I can't say I've tried Spartan, but boxing is very. It's interesting. Well, Spartans are objectively horrible, but after you've done them, it's great. Uh, boxing yeah. is, I think, you know, it's it's basically physical chess. It's cool. It's interesting. It's with a different type of people than, for instance, kickboxing, although I really enjoyed kickboxing back in the day as well. Um, yeah, boxing is great. I think that my, my sole frustration with boxing is when a beginner enters the ring. And mm-hmm. it's not like I'm a particularly good boxer. I've done it for that long. But there are some beginners who will come in and who are just going to swing massive punches at you. Yeah. But it's, it's, always, like... it's always the beginners that, that sort of uh, where yeah. you get injured. Exactly. Yeah. It's like waving punches left and right. Yeah. Yeah. So just don't get in the ring with beginners and just have fun. Uh, you know, <laughs> pretty much. E- easy on the aggression. Just have fun. Yeah. So so I'm I'm doing I'm doing more boxing at the moment and um, that's great. That's healthy. It's good. Good for me. Good for the overall you know aggression management. <laughs> when you get mad at people on the timeline, just go out for sparring. <laughs> yeah, whenever people do dumb shitcoin stuff, no. <laughs> you saw the guac investment and you were like, I'm going to go hit some beginners. <laughs> there we go. Back to the punching bag. We go. Yeah. <laughs> no, happy for your guac. How is guac doing at the moment, by the way? You, uh, are I have are you tri- up? So I, I sold it all. I'm all out. Uh, let's okay. see. It is currently, it is trading right below the price I sold at. But it two oh. x from where I sold. So, so are you are you gonna go back in now? That's the no, game, right? That. Hey, <laughs> I'm good out. for you. Good for you. I I tried it once and I'm like, okay, I need some sleep tonight. It's I'm very uh, I'll, I'm so very uh, so very kind. Um, <laughs> I mean. Fun fun story. Um, my first investment in uh, in crypto was um, as PancakeSwap was in its glorious days, mm. um, a lot of that volume was driven by the Binance, uh, the fiery storm of Binance shitcoins. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm going to drag someone under the bus here. My dear friend, Tom, mm. who's in here right now, uh, sent me a message and he's like, bro, Balls is going to pump. <laughs> a token called Balls. <laughs> and with my $120 that I had in crypto, mm. I put 40 of them into balls and lost okay. it all. Oh my god. And it, was, it, it, it seemed like such a sure thing. How come How come <laughs> balls didn't pump? It seemed like such a guarantee. And it fucked me completely. Um, 
so yeah, it was uh, that was the first uh, first shitcoin investment, which is why I did not do that many anymore. And when I saw Pepe pumping, I was like, you know what, I'm happy to stay out of this one. But 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 did you call Tom when you when you longed Guac? No, <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> you got to you got to repay the favor. <laughs> I'll repay him when I find a shitcoin that goes to zero. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Tom, buy guac now. See how it happens. Um, but NFA, do your own research. It's a shit coin, and it's called shit for a reason. Um, okay, so another question is because right now crypto is getting you the weekly yield that you want to obtain, mm-hmm. um, hopefully enough to sustain a week. Otherwise, you're going down. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is like? How do you kind of see your future? Because crypto remains a, an extremely volatile thing, right? And this could go to zero. If it could go a lot lower, right? And it could. It, are you in a position where you feel safe of of that happening? What do you think in like the midterm, two, three years, something like that? Actually, this is not financial advice. Um, I think crypto is in a pretty safe spot, to be honest. Of course, there's some uncertainty and so on, but but I think we've been through the through a ton of things that could have killed it, and you essentially see very smart people building increasingly useful things. So I'm I'm pretty convinced that uh, that this isn't going anywhere. And it's a matter of time before someone builds something that the world actually needs. And until that time, what we do here is speculating. And then thereafter, it will, that will change. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, FTX wasn't pretty, but I definitely feel the worst is behind us. And therefore, in the next two or three years, I think more cool stuff will be built. And we're all here. So we have uh, the opportunity to to invest in it and participate in it and help it grow and benefit from it growing. So yeah, no, I'm, I feel comfy. Don't mind me. I'm busy inhaling the hopium. Um, <laughs> so it's, a, it's, it's a nice outlook. And I mean, I, I think everyone here hopes for that, right? Whether it's true or not. Um, at the moment, who are the protocols that you see that... Um, that you find most interesting or most uh, where you really see the smart kids playing and fucking around. <laughs> Let me pump my bags. No, look, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think there's, there's a, there's, um, there's a cohort of founders who build silly things like, and whatever, but there's, there's a lot of very talented people who are building really cool things. And I think we all know who the talented devs are here. And right now, most of the things that get built make it easier for people to speculate because that's the main, the the thing that has real product market fit here. Um, And I just think that at some point, these very talented developers will get bored. And instead of working on speculative nonsense, they will build something that attracts normies. And I don't know who it will be. So, so for instance, I love Tensor, right? but my mom will never use Tensor. So 
but people of that caliber will start building things that my mom will use and that's the that's that's where this is going i think is there anything It, hey, it is it is eleven thirty for you as well, I guess, right? Yes, it is. Um, it's dark outside. I can still hear the people chilling at the bar right downstairs of my place. Um, oh wow! Yes, it's one of the pros of living on a student campus and having the bar right downstairs. It's hearing everyone. Hmm. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah. I used to uh, I used to live in in uh, in Amsterdam uh, in the red light district. So you know there was always a. Sound outside. Any? Whoa! Yeah, I fixed that. Um, slight problem. Is it back? Yeah, you're you're here. Um, yeah. Was there any particular reason for choosing said district for your uh, housing endeavors? Oh, it's super safe. So, uh, you know, the 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 the. Uh, by the way, this is sort of a nice hack for when you go to Amsterdam. But um, the the pimps really dislike people getting mugged in their district, so it's a it's a safe place to live. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I've been reminded of my question while well, I remembered it. You were mentioning that Tensor wasn't for the masses, and I was going to ask, what do you think <laughs> is for the masses, or do you? Well, it's not for my mum. Not for my mum specifically, right? But uh. <laughs> So, so the Tensor is great for all NFT traders, but not for my mom. And someone will, I think, build a product on Web3 Rails, but not call it Web3 Rails. And that's what my mom will use. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that founders will start building something where Web3 technology makes the infrastructure, you know, 90% cheaper or, or 10 times better. And, um, Take it from there. And I don't know what that will be. Okay, so no speculation on what could potentially lead to uh, the improvement or like what would attract the next few steps of, uh, of adoption, I guess. No, and I don't even invest in it because, because uh, predicting, predicting those things is super hard. So if someone says, I am building X to attract the next wave of normies, that's not what I, what I look at. I only invest into things that make money from the people who are already here, and then I just wait until that pie grows. Um, but someone will figure it out, and that person will understand you know, what cool is and how tech works. Uh, that doesn't necessarily describe me, right? So. It makes me come to another question because there's a lot of stuff where it's um, where there's this utility, right? Where Tensor is very much that place where you can profit off of the speculation through market making, right? But there are other ways of attracting that audience, right? And off the top of my head, and not to pump my bags, even though they are my bags for full disclosure, mm -hmm. you look at Clanosaurs, right? Which are quite interesting in terms of how useful it could be in terms of IP, in terms of being interesting. I think it's the only NFT that I've showed anyone from my family, and they're like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. This mm -hmm. looks cute. This is a nice concept. So what do you think of those that area where it could very well be an avenue of access for maybe not your mom, but maybe your kids? Who knows? Well, not at this yeah, age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so look, 
I'm so happy for people who built these things and I'm super happy for people who invest in them, but I don't get it, right? Because I have tons of DMs from people saying we're building this brand for X and God knows what. Uh, I don't get it because I, I'm, I'm not in touch with what's cool. So yeah, definitely some people will build IP that attracts normies. Um, but if, but, I, but I'm, I'm not cool enough to understand IP or brands or anything. So yeah, I, I don't know. Like Klanos are cool. But um, I don't have the skills pre-mint to see, oh, yeah, Klanos are indeed cool. This is a brand that takes this stuff way more seriously. Or, or you know, I, the same with Cats on Crack or, or the OK Bears. And the, the whole brand pitch just doesn't resonate with me because I don't get it. I just get revenue. Sensible approach, all in all, I want to say. Um, but, yeah. I mean, one could see that following all the brand players are boring as well, but I, it's true that they've been a bit more on the, uh, on the volatile side when you look at how fucking crazily it goes. But that's fine, but it's, that's not, it's not good or bad. It's just not what I'm good at. I, I could, I could never buy LVMH shares or any, because I, I just, I just don't see it. I don't get it. Do you still go for the typical degen mint that some people will go for anymore, or have you completely steered away from that? I I, I rarely mint stuff. What was the last mint? Oh, Mad Lads. And before that, I don't even remember. I don't know. I haven't really minted anything, really. Okay. I just, I just, I just do AMM stuff. I mean that's that makes me happy. And so, so at this point, it's AMMs and marinade. Is there any? What other ways do you participate in the space? If there are any other ways, <laughs> I I own a ton of uh, casino things, so I that's <laughs> that's what I do. And I recently bought a hot hat, and I, I'm thinking about doing more art buying, but not as an investment because I don't understand art as an investment, but just, you know, buying pretty things. Good, were you there? Yeah. Apparently my Wi-Fi is not very uh, welcoming today. But so art for the enjoyment, have you, are you being like, taught the first steps by uh, fellow Googles like Ceylon and George who have had that experience or just going in there off of your own knowledge? So I, I've, I've seen smart people build smart portfolios of art, right? But I think, you know, Quincy, um, he just posts stuff that he likes all day and it makes me very happy. So in, I'm I'm really being non-intentional here, and I just want to buy a few, a few pieces that I like. Um, I'm I I am staying away from weird PFP stuff because I just don't get it, and I will buy into more revenue generating things wherever I can and do AMM stuff, and that's that's about as involved as I I want to be at this point. 
but the art stuff i have i've ignored the art stuff for quite a long time and i uh, you know want to dabble a bit again but just dabbling not anything weird I mean, for for what it's worth, I've had the like luck to talk to like a decent amount of art people from the um, from like this podcast, and I think the general sentiment is, yeah, dude, like get the things that make you happy because these people are just it's very nice vibes in one to one art. Although there has been drama, apparently, not that I followed it that much. I just feel like the timeline for artists looks so much like kinder and more supportive and just a lot more flourishing than what you can see in general NFTs. So it's worth it to get a more brilliant timeline. I just recommend it to anyone, to be honest. Yeah, it makes your Twitter more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so art NFTs, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting new development in the Gaia saga. <laughs> but, but, but not as an investment, right? So it's, it's, that's, I think that's an important distinction. Is money laundering, obviously, to explain to more ING bankers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think I think the um, people sometimes confuse investments and uh, just like when I when I bought my hot hand, but it's not a, it's not an investment. It's 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 a JPEG that I really, really, really like. It's sort of a at best it's an investment in marketing, but it's it's not a, it's not an, an asset to buy and, and, and sell for more later. It's different. Which was a really cool buy though. I think it is a lot more recognizable than the than the last DTP. Um, yeah. Why had you chosen the the trash panda? By the way, I don't remember the whole story behind that because it stayed well, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. There were there were two reasons uh, primarily. So one was that uh, I think uh, mono is one of the most recognizable, you know, artists on Solana and uh, sort of a dip of the hat to the king. I think that was important, is important. And don't, you know, people don't respect the whole uh, DJ Nape universe as much as they should, I think. And the other bit was, you know, I'm well aware that I look at things that other people ignore. So what they call trash, which is why I bought a trash panda with a monocle. I don't know how you pronounce it in English. Um, because I was doing research on things other people don't care about. Okay. So, and how long were you looking for the hothead? What was the the trigger for the change? Sure, I wanted this hothead for, <laughs> like, ever since I saw it, I wanted this hothead. Because they had the halo, it's pink, it pops, it's just so nice. And for a long time, it wasn't available for sale. And then it finally was. Okay, awesome. Uh, slightly yeah. overpriced, by the way, right? But um, hey, Slightly overpriced compared to other hotheads? No, just... Com- <laughs> In general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there was, there was a small premium because it's a, it's a nice hothead. Um, but yeah, it's just an expensive JPEG. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where you kind of have to dish out more money when you're looking for the for the forever PFP. It's I, back to Klanos. There are people who are trying to build the full herd, which is get one of every species. And I swear, if anyone ever tries to buy one of my Klanos and I know that they're trying to complete that herd, I'm gonna sell it to you for more because I know you want more money. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. want it more. Yeah, which is silly, but that's you know, it's it's a collecting thing. I get it. I, I've seen some herds, by the way. It does look cool if you own all of them. Yes, it does, it does look quite nice, honestly. But it's a little silly. And then they have, I mean, Clannisters is a whole universe, which is going to be an interesting, an interesting thing to to observe. I think, um, I like their story. I think that's what I like the most about Clannisters at the end of the day. But hey, yeah, I mean, they they, they are in a in a different league in terms of quality. That's for sure. Uh, but I know very little about them. But yeah, it's obviously very cool. Yes, I'm. I'm just looking forward. They have the like pterodactyls thing mm-hmm. and they're going to mint out I mean we'll see what happens if I get an ancient I have I'm making life changing money uh, <laughs> quite literally let's go and we'll see what it gives I think there have been offers on the NFTs before they've even sold for 2000 Solanas that's a lot that's a lot of money that is okay. a lot of money that is a lot of money and so yeah you know I, I think this this is even though I enjoy reviewing things like data source and so on, the the um I just feel more at home analyzing companies, right? That's also why why the library was started, just to have a place where people wouldn't talk about PFP nonsense. Because there's too much places in crypto to talk about PFP nonsense. Whereas there's actual real cool companies being built here. And I, I just think that's more interesting. No disrespect towards Tainosaurus or anyone else. It's just, I, I think people shouldn't underestimate just how exceptional the opportunity is here where you can invest into the smartest people anywhere in the world building really, really cool stuff. Well, off of that basis, what do you think, what are the next steps for the library actually? Are you going to continue entertaining it with all of the, the mix of AMMs and marinade that you have to handle? Well, look, I, I always wanted to talk to new founders building cool stuff. And and library is uh, sort of my deal flow sourcing tool. So, yeah, you know, if I if I want to talk to smart founders, uh, that's where I do it. And every now and then invest into one of them. I think I think angel investing here in crypto is one of the most lucrative and intellectually challenging things you can do. You can be doing. So that's great. And I'll I'll. Uh, that's what I love doing. And, you know, there isn't that much happening in the library at the moment because there aren't that many people starting new businesses at the moment. But uh, we're here and happy to talk to anyone who's building something cool, although actually getting through to me and so on uh, um, sometimes a little bit hard. And there's many people, of course, disappointed who, you know, want to do an AMA, but but I don't do one. Of course, my time is limited, but... um always trying to help founders building cool stuff and especially you know if if I want to uh, want to invest in one that's uh, that's even more true have to pump the bag always a priority <laughs> well no 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 well i yeah that's 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 any way of explaining it but i also think uh, helping founders that you've invested in with both money and and however uh, you know, anything else that you can do just makes sense. Like spray and pray, that's not a strategy, but spray and help is. So help however you can.
and you know for me helping can be tweeting yeah and i mean obviously you can help in more different ways it helps both them and your investment and you've known the struggle of being a founder so you're obviously more empathetic to that yeah so yeah. when when i like originally when i thought about the library it wasn't so much uh, a deal flow place right it would have been more about well education because that's mm-hmm. typically what you think about in a library so is does a library aim to have that purpose at all now and it regardless of if yes or no how how do you see education in this space because it seems quite necessary at the moment yeah so i think i think the library is a place you know which is essentially there to help founders and their investors right so founders can uh, can can come there and then do AMAs and so on. And then people who are considering to invest into these projects can discuss them there uh, without having to, you know, say, hey, red candle, green candle, blah, blah, blah. No, just have a discussion. And I think the discussion is the education. Um, and I think, you know, it's not educating in the, in the sense of teacher and student, but more education in terms of Let's try and do some truth finding together. You know, what's worthwhile investing into, what's worthwhile researching, what, you know, what should we be spending time on? And basically, by just not being a place where we discuss shit coins and, and so on, it's, it's, it's already scratching an itch. Okay. And, off of the idea, just just like the train of thought was education and that being very important for the space as a whole, right? And I'm kind of thinking to to your mind, as a collective, what is the most important thing that people should be working on to to improve it, to bring new people? Just that, what should one of the priorities be for 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 me, for people in the library, or for people on Seoul? People on Seoul. Again, like <laughs> the, being on Solana is like being in an improved version of Silicon Valley. So <laughs> there's all the smart investors here and there's all the smart money here. Now you could take that opportunity and buy shit coins or you can try to back very ambitious founders building amazing things. And I think staying away from the noise and and double clicking on the real cool stuff is something everyone here should be doing. And because if we if we can if we can fund the right type of entrepreneur building something that just elevates the entire ecosystem, we all win. But of course, instead, you know, people choose to argue if PFP project A is cooler than PFP project B. But I think that's all nonsense. What we should be doing is make life easier for founders. So help them recruit, help them with access to money, help them have more customers. Uh, if you can help with security issues, there's anything you can to really remove roadblocks for founders. I think that's extremely useful. And I think that's more useful than speculating. Uh but you know, not everyone have has uh, needs to needs to live like the, life this way. Like you do, you like whatever. But I feel that, and you know, if you are someone who helps founders, then you're my friend, even if you dislike me. 
Fair enough. On that note, I think it's 11.45. It's late for both you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like a good time to close it off. Perfect. Perfect. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you for I having mean, me, by the way. I always enjoy our chats, even if you record them. <laughs> yeah, but no, thank you very much. Um, uh, typically, it's a great time for you to shout anything out. I just like to have this moment where you like say whatever the fuck you want to say, unprompted, basically. So go ahead. You thought the rest was scripted? Uh, <laughs> no, I have I have nothing to add. Thank you very much for what you're doing here, and um, I, I hope that you you know have many more very uh, very more interesting guests than me. Um, you know, let, let me let me know if 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 uh, if you need my help in convincing anyone to come here because you're a great host and you're very kind. You're one of the good ones. So thank you very much for what you're doing here. And uh, if I can do anything to help, let me know. Thank you very much. I might take you up on the offer of uh, linking me with uh, with cool people. Oh, um, good. <laughs> on the, on that note, uh, well, thank you a lot for coming. Next episode is Tuesday with Gentle Monkey, who's built a fuckload of shit on Solana. So if you guys want to hear about that, tune in. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, if anyone wants to grab the NFT up top, you can post your address. Oh, and good news. Anyone who has one of the NFTs from the podcast will be able to, like, we have one whitelist allocation, which is for Racks, New Dumb Money's um, recent no. project. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. It's the first one. We have five, and they're like, I don't know, above 500 minted at this point. So not everyone will be able to get one. But yeah, I might create a Discord to make it easier to to like mess around with. But it seems like huge for me to have my own Discord. It seems that... Anyways, off of that monologue, I'll probably just tweet about it. Thanks a lot for coming, guys. Um, given I got disconnected from my computer, there's no lo-fi to close it off. So it's going to be an abrupt ending. Thanks, everyone, for joining. And uh, see you soon. Later.